Do 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 do. Boom 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 boom. What a P D D got on that. P D D boom do do. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Doom Patrol. I almost said Paw Patrol. Because <laughs> that is the name of the episode title. Season 1, episode 5. Written by Shoshana Sashi. They ain't right for that. Directed by Larry Tang, who worked on Quantico and Hawaii Five O. This episode premiered March 15th of 2018, and I gave it an 8 out of 10. I think I'm starting to find the rhythm of this show. It's definitely a rhythm that you need to dial in on <laughs> to fully enjoy it. Five episodes in, we're, we're slowly getting there. There's still some some hiccups along the way. Some valid criticisms but overall I am enjoying myself this is a little bit late because I was at death's door for 48 hours straight I am finally back within the land of the living I'm not sure if I was going through withdrawal symptoms because I forgot to take my medication on top of having a migraine on top of nothing in my stomach or if I just went through COVID and I don't know it (laughs) i'm not sure if i should go get a test because the symptoms are awfully the same and i wasn't even concerned until i just happened to be clicking by i was like oh check 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 but then i went on the symptom checker though not the one that's just listed out there but on the actual one on gov and they were like no bitch you don't have covid much but my hypochondriac ass is like well let me check let me do you know that's how i know i will not be uh i will not be sick and be like oh she didn't know Uh uh-uh even if i might be being a little extra i'm gonna check on that shit so let us start with the recap in new jersey 1977 jane is rocking out at a punk establishment someone calls her a dyke and i'm not even on why would punk rock care if you are a dyke come on get it do you see the mosh pit i don't i don't feel as if that is the type of crowd that would be judging at this point in time in history they're like we don't give a shit you got the right clothes on you are welcome does not matter but apparently it just needed to be done to show jay kicking ass and i'm not sure if I was supposed to know that this actress is this old, but her shirt does say time travel, so matter of fact, I'm about to Google the actress right now because let me tell you something. Hey, if she is supposed to be, you know, older than I, <laughs> and that's why I'm like, wait, a grown ass person in 1977? I'm not quite certain that fits at all 
I don't, you know what? I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna look her up. Cause I already know. I already know. She is then taken to a hospital where she's apparently escaped several times previously. She's doing a lot of screaming. Um, they're doing a lot of beating. She apparently is being imprisoned here and taunted by one of the guards that definitely thinks beating her is somehow going to change her smart ass attitude. However, I will say that if you are going to try to escape a mental asylum, hold your cards close to your vest, man. I know you mad because you back up in here, but with all them personalities, y'all could be having a meeting right now and coming up with a, a game plan versus spending all of this time fucking with mutt and jeff but that is just me now this whole harley quinn barbara stacy the same crazy white bitch sob story they've been pushing out for every female comic character unless you may you're the black widow i think maybe <laughs> no because she was tortured too it's the same thing that they give the tortured backstory and while i do love the colombian representation we have here with the actress and i like the actress i wish they would differentiate the trope in some manner and maybe they do later on in the season but thus far i'm not seeing it this screaming voiceover of the aunt just no I found it so overdone. I thought I was actually going to hate this episode because the first few 10 to 12 minutes, I was like, oh, I hate when he does this. I don't find it amusing. I like how they tied the beginning of this to the end of it because we're seeing the lady with the badass lighter and she's lighting her cigarette. You don't know what's kind of going on. However, I don't think that he needs to scream all the time like he was so much better the rest of this episode as the true villain or i saw him as a villain and someone i should be afraid of someone that i enjoy eating the scenes but not at the <laughs> focal level in which this little fucking ant like the whole entire time i wanted someone to step on this ant and then what the hell was going on between the exchange of the cockroach and the rat and cheese there's sometimes they take a left turn and it works and sometimes they take a left turn and it doesn't work and in this case it did not big meanwhile has a death grip on kipling because he is mad that they a failed and b he tried to get him killed and he's like i don't know what part of saving the world did you not understand and I kind of got his very shitty thought process. One person versus seven and a half billion doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that math. And then they say, well, how long before the world ends? And he says, 19 minutes. How the fuck should I know? <laughs> and then he walks off and I was laughing because I was, again, with him. I said it's the worst case scenario we need to kill the kid and y'all was like no i can't kill kids and guess what he dead anyway and now look at this whole convoluted situation we had <laughs> to do <laughs> because y'all couldn't kill kids to be fair captain america couldn't kill a kid either 
It would definitely have had to be Tony Stark. <laughs> it's like, what has to be done, has to be done. Move aside, Cap. Rita needs to announce for some reason that she's not a lousy bitch. Like, no one said that, ever. Cowardly, sure. Trying to be all up in the business when you don't want none of the Kool-Aid, definitely. But lousy bitch? Never heard anyone say or call you in those terms. And wants to check on Elliot. Although, last we saw, he was naked on a slab being written. (laughs) Being read. Uh, Why did she look so nervous or nauseous? I don't know. Maybe that's supposed to be a 50s thing. It's like, oh my dear, I'm upset. But it just felt like she needed, like, do you, are you pregnant? Are you, did you have too much to drink? What is is going on? Also kind of shitty of you, Larry, to let her go alone. He was just like, oh, okay. Well, while you're out there, be careful, chick. (laughs) In Nernham, K, a.k.a. Jane, but K is Jane's original name picks up Cliff's brain off the floor and asks to be turned back because this is really shitty for you to do. And you see the mother, she's all nostalgic. Like, I used to have a child, but the D creator made me forget that memory and soon nothingness will embrace me and I won't have to worry about the fact that I sacrificed my own seed for the destruction of all man because that's some nihilistic shit. Then we see Cliff in his feelings outside of the throne room because it's revealed that Nernham will be the last to be blinked out because he was exposed as being nothing more than an organ. Now, while I get being humiliated like that was hard to accept, that's what happens when you run your mouth. I mean, he could have tried building a normal body though (laughs) niles called her to be fair was that not an option all this tech all your genius i would think putting a brain back in a body would be the most logical outcome and rather easy to do when you compare it to everything else you have to put under control i just um yeah just kind of wondering that myself He throws Cliff, that is, a snowball and realizes that they are indeed in a snow globe. I don't like Cliff. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I find his entire persona thoroughly irritating. I'm sure at some point his, his personality and the situation will go together well. He has small, minuscule moments of being possibly endearing but for the most part man mr nobody is having <laughs> niles <laughs> spinning around like he is in a nascar loop and he is spying on the real world like niles why can't your children handle shit because now the world is about to be destroyed and I haven't even gotten to my second phase of torture and I've only been in episode one and that is not acceptable. Now it's just like we can stop it and he dropped his ass out of the NASCAR loop like he was not even crippled. Let's do it like I can. It really only got funnier when he was moving his legs like so here's the plan. 
motherfucker just gonna leave me on the floor like this. <laughs> Since we can work together to stop the D creator, but not before marveling that Mr. Nobody isn't um omniscient. I hate that word so much. So much. And that they will have to counter because he doesn't know how to stop the D creator. He's like, you have to counter faith with another equally feverish faith and we need to find the perfect leader which they find in jane or at least one of her personalities and she is the one that is going to cultivate this said cult through time and he says it's the only way <laughs> mr nobody is really taking time to think about it too and then i was going to be like there isn't much time and then he starts narrating like bitch i don't want to do this but if i have to i'm gonna do it my way this is when I started liking him as the villain. I think he does really good throughout this entire episode of being that menacing force, but also being super powerful and not needing to stretch it too much. I like where he was in this. Back to 1976, the moment Jane may or may not have been given her superpowers. I love also when he said, I might have to flip through flashbacks <laughs> uh, on a gurney while she's being tortured and a needle is stuck into her big ass needle at that and he's like that's boring I'm not about to show you that but here's a sneak peek for the audience to know hey this might be the year she got her powers winter of 1978 she is welcome into the Niles Calder doom patrol mansion estate and still has the best greetings for rita she's like oh hello something smells like dusty queefs you can smell it but apparently that's too far ahead as well and he goes back to 1977 back in the institute right now she is being questioned by dr bertrand bertrand who is trying to force her to behave by making her repeat after him as well as choke her because you know that's effective and he tells her to admit to the fact that she punched a tv and lit her bed on fire she says it wasn't her because it wasn't she has at least 14 different or 64 like missed the number again personalities i may have given her too many <laughs> He mentions Kay Chalice and he's like, yeah, we got your real papers now. So I know your real name and I can call you out by it. And he says, you were probably a little girl when you changed your name, when you were small and realized that there are monsters in the world. And who is your monster? I don't know why this would cause someone to feverishly start writing a Pulitzer Prize. And then I realized this is exactly what <laughs> doctors did back then. To get their Pulitzer Prizes. They sure did sit in those mental institutions. Talk about let me ask you all these questions, writing down and not helping shit. But they did bring up some good studies. But just as he is writing, said Pulitzer, one of her alters takes over and it's Dr. Harrison who has the ability for persuasion through speaking, is what I gather. And right when she is done dragging his life for filth, like, yo, mommy, 
had you coming home talking about peeny weeny i don't even know i wasn't paying attention she persuades him to take that pen in his hand jab it in his eye over and over again to basically kill himself you done messed up a.a ron but i guess for some reason maybe because you don't want to fuck with the timeline this doesn't actually happen mr nobody freezes the memory retrieves dr harrison because it is time for her to save the world but not before praising her wonderful performance which was good i have to say i really like the persona of dr harrison cliff continues to be the absolute and utter worst complaining about me 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 and again me saying that you know if i wanted to spend the last day if this is the last day on earth anyway i wanted to spend it with her i thought he was talking about his daughter he really was talking about jane that he met last week (laughs) and i felt he should have been talking about his daughter (laughs) and not his pseudo daughter that he met last week and then he um said some oh what did he say something stupid about before that i can't remember because hammerhead came out saying you can't just select which one you want to have which is valid like if you love jane so much and she's your daughter then you have to deal with all fucking 40 something else of hers too because they all kind of communicate with each other on some level why won't you stop being useless can to give something i would think seeing your brain on that floor would have gave you some damn humility like shut the hell up i am a brain i'm a piece of meat i'm an organ let me go ahead and not bemoan my fate all the time even if it's a shitty fate i get it but still rita goes to find elliot who is already swaddled so don't need that damn coat she don't need to shout his name because he's right there and the weird eye thing is just looking around this eye thing was so i mean i let it pass but wow it was so underwhelming (laughs) and he started saying well i was told a story about persephone oh my goodness oh my damn oh my goodness this boy ain't been told one true thing his entire life she gonna roll you in but rita ain't worried about answering whether or not that is yet another lie he's been told she uh is saying i see that look on your face and it says it's your fault and i think you might sort of kind of be projecting and he's like well i should have died and she's like no you shouldn't then he says you should have let me die and she says i don't know what i should have done i swear to god i swear to god you stupid bitch she backtracked on her life decisions so quickly she's like i don't you know i don't know what to do with the end of the world nobody does then says she wasn't gonna have someone die for this world because it's garbage but what is even this entire speech what do you mean the world is garbage and your one life of which you've done absolutely nothing but be born is somehow more important than i don't know families that have done things in the world i mean jesus christ and then she says we need a break it's the end of the world we have time 
then says whatever it is you want to do food place whatever you think of or have thought of we will go there and do it and then he gets the thanos treatment hello is it me you're looking for i tried so hard and got so far So the background music was so good but this dialogue was such trash and her acting was so <laughs> i can't help but feel this is some meta commentary about her acting trying so hard to make something work <laughs> i bet that i was over it like oh my god dreaded Run from it. Destiny still arrives. And as she is being devastated, she casually watches Niles creeping on the property. And then we cut to the team watching him look through his cabinets for some chocolate because that's what's on his mind. The freaking vomiting is getting on my fucking nerves i just saw it in chernobyl but in chernobyl it actually made a whole bunch of fucking sense i just killed seven million people <laughs> or if that's what's in your brain <laughs> or worse i have to go up there <laughs> and put my face in radiation yeah that's gonna make you fucking projectile vomit but i was really pissed off when okay maybe we needed to be reminded we can't say mr nobody's name but for vic to say it again like a fucking idiot that was bothersome he then tells them hey we've teamed or uh, i've teamed up with my captor to stop doomsday because y'all don't have any plan so <laughs> kipling's down i'm not sure why vic was like this could be a booby trap sir the world's ending it doesn't matter if it's a booby trap or not because you don't have a plan and this is the best thing you got going so even if it was wh what what Mr. Nobody tells Dr. Harrison she will foster a cult called the Recreator to defeat the Decreator. Her saying weak sauce mister fell out of character for her altar. It, mm -mm, I didn't like it. While I did chuckle when she turned the knob and Nurham, when her other altar, what is this, Mr. Mrs. Penny Furthing? No, wait, Hammerhead came back uh when she when the knob fell off and she was like ah. the cliff jane back and forth has beyond lost traction at this point i don't even know what they're arguing about it's in times and they got time for a drink kipling and niles but then i realized that all the pieces are just being put together so fair enough kipling apparently left him last for dead and instable Istanbul, because he was whining and he was thirsty rita comes into the room because she ain't got nothing better to do to cry about another boy suffering because they're gonna write another book on his body and that's just terrible rita ain't there an orphan with your dna out there somewhere in the universe that you can be putting this energy towards maybe their their bloodline your ancestry they have children what's up with you and 
all of a sudden being Mother Teresa of all orphan boys. Kipling summons Baphomet back again and I know Larry was shitty as hell that he did not get to see. Well she wasn't singing this time so there is that. She is all dripping goo at Nile's feet and when he asks about the rewritten book she don't know nothing about it but he says can you look again please. Turns out that it is still being figured out in the past. This black nurse psychs himself up to go fight Jane in the room and I'm not sure why this was relevant. But then they come out as Dr. Patient and she then gets more disciples in the psych ward. Lady with the badass lighter is there named Marilyn and I was like, oh, okay, I see what y'all doing now. This whole, um, and I have to bring it up because we're about to get to that scene with Vic. Am I supposed to, wait, isn't Barry Allen the only Justice League member who don't drop bodies? Don't Vic drop bodies, Cyborg? I feel like Cyborg drops bodies. Anyhow, he's cleaning his room because he's just a uh, wound. Because he's just Vic Stone right now. Niles come in like, let me, let me help you with that. Because I'm the father you always wanted. But <laughs> right now you're disappointed in me because... First, he asks, what does your daddy know about this? What do you used to know? Apparently, that's not a lot of details. And that shit's going to come out next week or next episode. Then he tells him, you should not have come. And he says, I came for you, even though your ass is hanging out with murky folks. And I fight on the side of good. And you clearly be shared two brushes with the side of evil when it's for the greater good. And while that is that, you told me last to hold on to Vic Stone, but he probably meant that as, yeah, one day somebody's going to pop your cherry into reality and you're going to realize everything ain't rainbows and black and white. But for now, um, Niles is like, well, you got your head up your own ass. And Vic is like, well... I don't even know why I care what you're saying to me right now because you're not even the real Niles here in person. And I like the argument between them. I thought it was well acted because Niles is like, it's not my fault you put me on a fucking pedestal. But at the same time, you've been fostering this boy. Stop playing. You know what you was doing. You know what you was doing. Larry just randomly shows up. I feel like Larry and both (laughs) Rita just... (laughs) whenever they feel like popping up to ask about Nurham because that is where Jane and Cliff went surprised that my man had a drink had some chocolate did a pep talk with his surrogate son all before asking where's Cliff and Jane (laughs) and apparently Cliff Kip knew all this time that Nurham was where this globe was and that since Niall stole the shit it's his fault that his little children are stuck there it's like you stole that like a lot of other things in this place and that that's uh that's a story to be told i think they roll up to where the rewritten book is at leaving larry alone with niles for a chat but it quickly turned into a therapy session because my man's 
needing no prodding whatsoever goes into how everyone he ever encounters is tortured i saw the tape that thing inside of me is tortured and i kind of feel bad <laughs> about it but why don't you the people call me larry like he went into a whole drowning because larry is dead and maybe i just died a long time ago and this is the fucked up afterlife or maybe i'm the fucked up afterlife <laughs> and everyone that ever comes close to me or everyone that i have ever loved is burning because of me and that's the way the news goes he just brushed over that whole part where niles was like maybe the thing inside of you is torture because you're so tortured and then he goes on to talk about all of his torture i'm like dude you need to go smoke a blunt like can you get high or something anything somebody give larry some drugs because he needs (laughs) to come he needs to reconcile with himself i feel bad for the person inside of him because you bring him down he's like i just bumped into you and apparently i can't get out he tells him also now that is to try communicating with your spirit self about all of these feelings because he thinks that he's being punished i'm god punish him too shit like god damn dude can you not have a happy moment happy second of a thought jesus just go back to fucking john yeah stay in that memory but that the entity inside of him is more powerful and sensitive than he thinks yeah i was thinking niles would do a lot more in this moment granted he does have like someone peeking over his shoulder it did seem as if Niles had a whole different plan of, of what he wanted to talk to Larry about, but then Larry needed this. And so he was like, okay, I'm going to let you have this because you really couldn't wait to that bus to close so that you can get this off your chest. But yeah, I think that Larry, aka the thing inside Larry, is key to freeing Niles because it's the only thing that can cross dimensions or something to that effect. It had saved them the last time. And because Larry's fucking ungrateful, we can't, we need to communicate with this thing. Like, that's the key. Vic and Rita are in this dude's crib, holding him down. Um, but the only thing he has written on him is regrettable tattoos. The psych patients back in the day decided to embellish this whole recreate story, because why not? and say the rewritten book shouldn't be on a person it should just be on a dog with invisible words and then there should be a bell and when you ring it the writing appears marilyn becomes her chosen one i did like this scene in the psych ward i thought it was funny she becomes her chosen one and the other disciples will dance and did you see that one dude when he looked at his eye little bracelet he was totally down they show up jerry fucking atrix <laughs> dancing their ass off to ring my bell ring my bell i was getting down too i ain't gonna lie in nurham a door opens it was goes like the fuck <laughs> see in that moment it's funny that's when he needs to speak otherwise i don't need him in walks Marilyn with her oxygen tank still smoking and ain't mistaken whatsoever she's 
I love her story. Like, I went to Barcelona, went into this wrist, <laughs> this dude's fucking palms. I'm not mistaken. Shut the fuck up. This is Dr. Harrison, and Dr. Harrison is brought back because she needs to go ring that damn bell. Then comes the the rest of the people from the Hatter's Tale, Cat in a Hat, whatever the fuck this is from Alice in Wonderland. I like the costume design, don't get me wrong, but it reminds me very much of that. But the distraction was terrible. <laughs> it was it was awful. If she if they were really supposed to have been sneaking away, it was so unnecessary to show them doing so. And then she kills the queen with her oxygen tank and then dr harrison rings the bell the words are revealed and i have to say i love when kipling said fucking legend and another eye appears the recreator who settles things in a stare off we then say goodbye to kipling and i really was sad to say goodbye to kipling i was like come back don't let this be the last time we see you i definitely need you pushing vic's buttons once again yes come back like cast you and constantine rita's still concerned about dead elliot he ain't coming back girl i get like the re but his parents were like it's kind of like lucifer's son this ain't good omens that shit don't end like that um he tells or niles is back up at the crib i'm not sure how i should feel about the fact that he tells rita to just go because apparently she's too sensitive explain to me explain to me he said goodbyes are hard enough but she really can't handle it (laughs) then they do have i guess a touching moment because Vic even though he's disappointed is like I'm not fucking letting you be in Taken again and Larry even tries to step up for once then Jane and Chief come in and Chief or I didn't need Cliff whatsoever but the whole Jane of her turning back into Jane and then her eyes tearing up that was a moment I did not expect and would prefer in a relationship I would prefer to see over Cliff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he stops her like oh i can't even hug you now no <laughs> then you hear mr nobody being like yeah it's time to come back and Vic's like everybody ante up because we ain't letting it happen and then he says time moves slow i love the fact that he can narrate and shut shit down <laughs> i mean that's a boss ass freaking skill set and now it's like you said i could say goodbye and Mr. Nobody's like, kid pulled out a gun. He takes Niles and makes Vic regret being such a hothead cannon by making his explode. And he is fucked up. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> he's got an SOS button. Larry's like, we should push that. But he's like, nope, that's my dad. And we do not want my dad to show up. And even Jane's like, yeah, I don't think we want his dad to show up. But Cliff's like, fuck that. This dude's like bleeding out on the side. (laughs) So I'm like, he gonna figure it out. How the fuck you gonna figure that out? (laughs) Um, and he pushes the button, which causes him to, to get some recreate gel. I thought the dad knew what he was doing. So I'm very confoodled. Maybe there are things that yeah i am yeah not sure i guess we'll find out next episode 
A destruction inspires a future leader, dictator, mass murderer. Who is that? Is that going to be Silas Stone? Because you definitely have Silas calling Vic and Vic is declining. And that is the only person that is mentioned. But there is a fallout from this that Mr. Nobody is narrating that is going to arise another villain. Larry has nightmares about burning his wife Cheryl and I'm not, I didn't think he saw his family after this point but maybe he didn't kill them and that's why he's so tortured and I wish we had gotten that indication before because otherwise I don't know why he's waking in the night in the fetal position unless that happened. Mr. Nobody is like well as much as it's nice to have all this character reflection i need to speed this shit up we flash back to 1976 where dr harrison now has been caught the people at the ward are now having ear buds in their ears apparently the doctor did not get shanked in his eye i don't know why mr nobody stopped that but they are taking her to have a piece of her brain removed so she can be lobotomized and I don't know why anyone would ever be excited. Yeah, that's why it's psycho people. <laughs> but then, I mean, that's the part where I, I sometimes go, Ugh. like I can see in the um, 19, oh, well, 70, I guess. I just felt like most people who got in, well, it's a mental patient, a mental hospital too. I don't think they did the same type of yeah i guess anyhow who's driving this van none other than niles calder who has rescued jane at this moment and uh tells her apparently they've met before though because he's like which one am i talking to this time and she has a key underneath her seat he removes her her um her bracelet and he says you'll never be in one of those places ever again I like the moment where she's just watching him eat chocolate and she's like, I think we like him. And then there's the voiceover of Mr. Nobody saying, I need you to look for something after the apocalypse. It's going to come to you in a whisper. And Jane's outside painting when she says, who the fuck is the Doom Patrol? And that is how we end the episode. I guess we're going to go back into the OG comics because I do believe there is a Doom. There was the OG Doom Patrol. I won't say much more. Because I'm sure the show is going to explain it. It's why I kind of, and I know Shy has been asking a little bit of backstory and I haven't really given it because I felt that this series and season might go into that. So I didn't want to spoil it. I did know some things, <laughs> but I didn't want to jump into it for this particular reason. And I'm glad I did it for once, you know, because y'all know I got... I don't want to say it now because when you say that terminology not when you're talking to your friends it sounds disgusting <laughs> now everybody's like what are you talking about diary of the mouth so sometimes I cannot hold water sometimes I, sometimes I don't know what classifies as a spoiler too because some people got weird rules but that is what I thought about the episode let's jump into the feedback So 
if you want to send feedback, you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can send that via email or you can send it via audio. Let's hear from Shy. Hey, Christina, it's me. I'm here to provide feedback for another episode of Doom Patrol. This time, episode five. And yes, I am in a much better place this time around. So yay for me. Um, also, I like to you know give my appreciation for you hooking a sister up and not uh doing the podcast last night i like to think that you're just waiting on me to provide feedback that's the story i'm sticking with and uh yes you nobody can tell me different anywho um yeah so in regards to this episode i enjoyed it a lot more than episode four even though I will say, you know, listening to your podcast for episode four, there were actually things um, in that episode that I I did like. Um, yeah, again, I just, my head just wasn't in a place to where I can properly uh, engage in the episode like I probably would have if I was in a better mood. Um, this one... There were things I liked about it. There were some things that I was eh, about, but overall, you know, it was a good episode. I liked the fact that we got a little bit more of Jane's backstory, which I was hoping to get. So we got to delve into that a little bit. Um, come to find out she'd been with the chief for quite a while, since the 70s. So that was surprising. Um, I was on along the same lines as you thinking that she hadn't been with him that long. So, yeah, that was interesting to find that out. So Larry and Rita have been there the longest, but, you know, she's been there just as I mean for quite a while herself. So, yeah, Cliff is the baby of the group, so to speak. We see that she's in some night club some punk rock club beating the crap out of a bunch of people i guess trying to show us that you know again what a badass she is um we find out she escaped from the mental institution somehow they didn't really go into how she did that but she did um they brought her back and commenced to beating the crap out of her you know lovely but sadly that's probably how these types of places go um, that's how they treat their patients. So not surprising that that was going on. So we get introduced to one of her personalities because of um, Mr. Nobody and the chief who we got a return um, appearance from, which uh, Mr. Nobody um, had me laughing when he uh, highlighted that he hadn't been in the last two episodes I thought that was funny. And I will say that's one thing about Doom Patrol that um, I do enjoy is the humor and the fact that they poke fun at themselves and they don't take themselves seriously as they're, you know, telling the stories that they're telling. So they will, you know, take these little minor jabs um, as they go along. So we are introduced to Dr. Harrison, like I said, um who it has the power of persuasion, manipulation, and Mr. Nobody and the Chief are uh, 
upset about the ending of the world so they devise a plan to go back and um enlist Dr. Harrison's help to bring about the recreator um to counter the de- the, de- the decreator I don't know I think that's what they called them uh, I'm sorry I don't have any notes on this so I'm just going off of memory so yeah so here's where my you know issue comes into play um they again they go back in time you know and of course you know we've been watching a fair amount of time traveling type shows and one of the main themes of most of the time traveling shows is that going back in time and changing things um has consequences for the future for the present and so I found it interesting that them going back and enlisting Dr. Harrison's help and having her create this recreator, create this cult that worships the recreator and all that stuff, that it didn't do anything significant to the timeline. The only thing it did was have this recreator show up when um, Jane ring the bell so, you know, I would think that, there, you know, more stuff would be changing when they do something that dramatic to, um, you know, to the timeline. But, yeah, everything was still intact other than that the recreator showing up. And, um, yeah, that's another thing that I was wondering about. Um, when the recreator came back and everyone came back and they created everyone back to life. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but how come Elliot Elliot didn't come back? Is it because he's the source of the decreator? So he's the only one that couldn't come back to life? Yeah, that part, I mean, I'm guessing that's why. Um, um, so, yeah, and that scene with him and Rita, I mean, that was actually a pretty sad scene. You know, we see Rita, you know, trying to cheer him up, trying to motivate him and give him hope. You know, because, you know, he calls in his eyes, which I mean, it ain't in his eyes, but he did cause the apocalypse or doomsday or whatever they called it um, for this episode. So her trying to cheer him up and then him dusting out like that in the middle of that, that was um, very unexpected. And, you know, it was sad. Because he was, I mean, he was innocent in all this. I mean, he had no idea that, you know, that was his destiny. And um, and he was only 18. So I, I, mean, I felt bad for Elliot in that, in that scene. Another scene that I liked is um, when Larry was asking, is it Kipling? Uh, Kipling about, um, you know, how much time do they have until the end of the world? I loved Kipling's answer to this. I don't fucking know, you know, because so often when we, you know, see these types of shows where there's an apocalypse coming or some doomsday type of thing coming, everyone always has a timeline that it's going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen in 12 hours. It's going to happen in two hours and 30 minutes, whatever. So it was uh, refreshing uh, to <laughs> to get a more honest answer, you know, not a sciencey answer. Like, shit, I don't know. I mean, do I look like a scientist? Do I look like God? 
you know, I don't, you know, all I know is it's happening. So I thought that was funny. Um, and so, yeah, speaking of the word, oh yeah, I, I told myself I would stop the F word, you know, try not to curse too much on this. Um, Cliff, I'm going to need, they're going to need to do better with Cliff. I think you mentioned this, Christina, but yeah, he definitely uses the F word, the F bomb way too much and unnecessarily. They're going to need to uh, expand his vocabulary just a tad bit and not have every time he reacts to something that be his go-to word. I mean, it's starting to be annoying. Um, So yeah, yeah, they... You know, it, it can be cute and funny at times, but when it's done constantly, it loses its um, appeal. Yeah, I will say Vic was a little bit um, annoying in this episode. And uh, I don't know, he was just annoying me in this episode and how he was acting towards um, the chief. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I think, yeah, you were asking this too, you know, how old Vic is. I'm really curious about that too, because he definitely seems young. Um, I know he hasn't been exposed to a lot of stuff, and he's been sheltered and basically brainwashed into believing certain things. So I'm trying to cut him a little bit of slack, but yeah, in this episode, he was, uh, he was a bit trying for me. But yeah, overall, this was, um, you know, it was a decent episode. It kept me engaged. But again, I was in a better mood, better headspace. So um, that might have played a part in it as well. Um, But that's all I have for now. My time is almost up. So I will leave it at that. Um, Hopefully I covered everything I needed to cover. If not, I'll just listen to your podcast and enjoy that. So until next time. Much love, peace, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, your girl Shy. I'm out. So that is what Miss Shy thought of the episode. Uh, a few points. So I was actually thinking, going back and thinking, um, <laughs> about the Justice League. And I think I may, well, yeah, I think I may have gotten that wrong because it depends on comics versus um versus what they're doing in the movies now i've not watched the movie so i have no fucking clue what they're doing in the movie (laughs) because you know i'm not down for what they were putting out so i think though i'm incorrect in that there is a do not kill like batman doesn't kill i don't believe and and this because if they're doing in comic or in canon as they say wonder woman doesn't kill yeah superman yeah it would fit actually that cyborg being a part of that team or have recently worked with that team like he's in a different league than everyone else that is in the doom patrol home he doesn't have this terrible horrible thing they've done or this bitter life or whatever they don't he doesn't have that baggage he was more like born of baggage and then i think he has a really really terrible backstory uh involving his father (laughs) 
that's going to be about more so what his what he's been led to believe and and manipulated he they're they're gonna make a backstory for him that's darker and and makes him more on league with this particular team now does that mean he's going to cross some lines i don't know but we know cliffs dropped some bodies deservedly yes we know that uh james killed someone i'm sure that rita probably doesn't have a problem and i don't think that larry has a choice what negative man does when he is outside of his body so yeah i can see them playing with that that's why i really enjoyed his niles uh banter back and forth with him because it is almost learning like oh okay so this guy that came around that i really respected and liked and you're starting to learn different aspects of him for the very first time i think that's valid especially if you're a 17 18 year old kid to be like oh but i think what stands more for who he is is the fact that he learned that and did not leave he still stood there and said you know i'm not gonna let this guy take you away and he could easily abandon him i mean look what kipling did he's just like yeah i would love to help you with your mr nobody situation but i honestly don't give a fuck so later bitch get fucked i think i've said enough about cliff i hope they do something more with him a little bit later uh and the fact that we're saying it because y'all know i'm a cursor y'all know her ass a cursor too don't let her fool you we curse but there is a difference between cursing and then just cursing without purpose other than it's supposed to be a shock value because oh my god we're not on cable and we can use the f word and wouldn't it be cool if this character just responds with fuck every five seconds it would if the circumstances warranted it you being exposed as a fucking brain on the floor uh may have some time where you use other words in your vocabulary i don't know i just don't like how they're they're doing anything with cliff and yeah hopefully next episode will give a little bit more padding to the backstory but i think that they are picking up steam more so than than some other shows i had recently gotten into uh <laughs> like 13 reasons why that's taking forever like practically the end of the season to get to the point so that is our thoughts on the episode again if you want to send feedback you can send that to blackrocouch at gmail.com you can find this podcast on podbean stitcher itunes spotify and wherever else good podcasts can be found my social medias will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes and leave a review until the next time peace hair grease and black magic